Introducing the Corner Booth, a football podcast covering the latest trends and news in college football and the NFL. Here are your hosts, Jared and Mark. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the Corner Booth Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Clem, alongside my sidekick, Mr. Kevin Langley. Sup, Thursday, Miami announces the starting quarterback. We have uh, Dak Prescott shooting for the stars. Antonio Brown versus the NFL, part three. Um, and we got some uh, weird stuff in sports from Kevin, as well as I got something to say about the Rich Paul rule. Kev, how you doing, bud? Doing all right. All right, so we're going to lead off college football, Kev. We have, of course, folks, by the way, we have a college football show. It is going to be not this coming Monday, but next coming Monday. We'll have Rattlesnake from Chairgate and come on. He's a big Houston guy. He's a big on the whole tailgating thing. Mark will be back for that. Kevin will be here. We have a big show. And also next week, boys and girls, we have a very big interview. And we also have David Prince stopping by to talk some Bears football. And me and Kevin are going to rip him a new asshole. Why? Mitch Trubisky is just, you know, not a good quarterback. Okay, you're the same – like, you hate on him for being a hardcore Bears fan and being a homer. You're the same with the U, though. I am not. I, wait, on the U? Yes. Okay. All right, well, that's a good transition, actually. And you know what? I, I might actually edit that uh, whole little cussing. I don't even know. Fuck it. Um, so, Jaron Williams, who was the – Dark horse to get – because for a little background knowledge, folks, the Miami Hurricanes had a busy offseason with the transfer portal. We talked about it at length and to Mark's – in Mark's version at nauseum because my Hurricanes landed about every big-name guy they could besides Jalen Hurts. And one of them was Tate Martell, very talented but young and inexperienced quarterback from Ohio State, very immature kid, sound familiar like <clears throat> Nicosi Perry. Um but when you walked into camp, every expert had Perry or Martell, including myself, had Perry or Martell getting the starting job. I had Martell winning it. I just thought he had so much talent. But Manny Diaz, and the, being the Miami godfather that he is, um, essentially saw Jared Williams, the uh, retro freshman and transfer from two years ago, I don't even know if he transferred. He was a four-star recruit. I have to get more Instagram on this kid because nobody knows anything about him. He was just the third guy in the in the competition. He got the starting job. But what I do know about this kid and what most Miami fans know, he has got a bazooka on his shoulder. He's mobile. He's a quiet kid. Not much – like he's not in the news. He's not like all over social media like Tate Martell is. Getting chased by pit bulls during practice or, you know, posing with his Instagram girlfriend or like Nikosi Perry getting busted for posting some ragey stuff on Snapchat. Jaron Williams is a quarterback. He's just – he's a quiet guy. And, my God, I hate to sound like coward on this, but I like my quarterbacks not being involved in chaos. And as, and let me – let me wait before you say, Jared, you love Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is scripted chaos. There's no, like, uncontrollable situations. Like, Baker Mayfield shotguns a beer at a game. I guarantee to you 16 – like, at least – 16 out of the 32 quarterbacks in the NFL have done that at, like, family barbecues or parties or whatever. Baker Mayfield is just a personality he knows. It's good for his team and good for his brand if he does that at games. And it's also Cleveland, so he's he's playing to his demographic. 2019 is also the year of quarterbacks chugging beers, 
Brady yes. did it on the Late Show with Colbert. Rodgers did it at a Brady, Bucks game. By the, Brady, by the way, did a pretty impressive job. I was very surprised. Oh, he used to murder beers w- during his younger years uh, with the Patriots. All, he could outdrink all the linemen and stuff. <laughs> Pre-Giselle years. Pre, he went absolutely insane and decided he wanted to live forever. Well, here's the thing. I guarantee the second Brady retires, whenever that is, in 2050 or whenever, that you're going to see a video on his Twitter account of him, like, Stone Cold Steve Austining, like, three beers at once. Just one, he's already shotgunning his wife's holding, just smashing two above his head. And then he's got, like, a bucket of fried chicken waiting for him. But, like... I don't think this will happen because he's still going to be married to Giselle, hopefully. Yeah. But I can see him being one of those players who gets to the league and immediately packs on, like, 30 pounds. Oh, yeah. So, anyway, Jaron Williams is quiet. The kid's going to be a good start. And the significance of all this is is that everyone's freaking out because Tate Martell didn't get the starting job. And I'm not surprised, being a guy who follows Miami very intricately, but like not much is known about Jerry Williams. He's just a he's just a small he's a very quiet guy. Keep himself keeps himself keeps to himself. He's not really much of a um, public guy kind of guy. Well, you know, I of course everyone's gonna rip me into this because I wrote about Nikosi Perry being a great quarterback, and I will say that I think he will be a great quarterback one day. Problem is, he's very mature and he's also wildly inconsistent. And it's to the point where the guy is one one minute is making like a NFL level throw against Florida State to essentially send Miami to the win. The next week against Virginia Tech is essentially I mean Virginia is looking like he's playing high school ball. And I look at it from the standpoint that, you know, and now you got, you got news coming out. Tate Martell apparently didn't practice right after a Jaron Williams was the starting quarterback for my, was announced as a starting quarterback. I mean, the guy's 6'2", 210. He's not a, he's not a small kid either. He's a big dude. Uh, he's a freshman. He uh, actually was, I was wrong. He just redshirted for Miami. He was recruited last year. He's from uh, Lawrenceville, Georgia. He's a four-star recruit. Um, yeah, Army All-American Bowl, too. So, uh, guy was a uh, pretty big deal that we got him. But I'm excited for this. I think this Tate Martell saga isn't over. I feel like he's going to, like, lose his shit again and try to transfer because he did decommit from three different schools before he went to before he went to Ohio State and then transferred to Miami. The second uh, – the kid from Georgia transferred there. Kevin Justin Fields. Justin Fields, thank you. Um, so yeah, I almost, I almost feel happy as a Miami fan because I just feel like Tate Martell would have been a zoo if he like, cause like you know he have all this stuff about like you know him and Justin Fields getting into it because Justin Fields like followed uh, Tate Martell's sister, who's very attractive. I'm not gonna knock Justin Fields for trying to shoot his shot, but. He was it's, just trying to get to know his teammate better. Yeah, teammate of all 30 seconds. But moving on from... Well, uh, I have some thoughts on Tate Martell. I want you to get your Miami out. Okay, fine, shoot. I think uh, Tate Martell is the kind of guy you want at the U. Yeah. He has that swagger. 
in that kind of big personality. And that's what the U was built on when they were dominating college football. Yeah, they had guys like Michael Irvin, Alonzo Highsmith, Alonzo uh, Highsmith. Um, I think Wayne part Rock of the Johnson. Issue, I think part of the issue though is those guys that you just mentioned. They had the swagger. They were probably a handful in the locker room, but they had the talent. I think we're starting to see Tate Martell isn't that good at quarterback. Here's the here's the thing that I looked at his film and I was not impressed with. <clears throat> I just didn't see the it when he was throwing the ball. Running, he's a he's great. He's elusive. He's quick. He's, he can accelerate like crazy, but Miami's offense is built for a drop-back quarterback. That's why Nikozi Perry excelled when Mark Rick took the chains off, took the collar off him and let him throw. Because even, even Malik Rozier, before he had his little choking episode against Pitt, the guy was tearing apart team secondaries because he could drop back and rip it, and if there was nothing open, he would run. It's built for a mobile, a mobile pocket passer. That's the ideal player for a Miami offense, the Miami offense, or like what, like, cause Manny Diaz didn't really change much as, as leads to what I've seen from Mark Rick's general style. I feel like the play can be more creative and less conservative, but generally same type of system. But Jared Williams is just as mobile than Nikozi Perry. He may not be as fast as Tate Martell, but he's got a much more superior arm and is a quiet kid. I, uh, Never- you never heard about this kid in the news, and I think that's the biggest thing. I think Manny Diaz, for being Mr. Swagger and Mr. Everything Else, but you never uh, – but Kevin, here's the thing, by the way, to forward my third by quarterbacks. Did you ever hear about Bernie Kosar, Ken Dorsey, or uh, the guy who won the 90s? I can't remember his name right now. But did you ever hear about any of those guys being involved in these crazy parties and, like, anything else? No, it was, like, the skill position players. Those are the guys who got, like, kicked out. And those are the guys, like, I mean, not kicked out. Those are the guys who were in the news for being wild and big personalities. The quarterbacks were always very quiet, very, like, studious. Because even at the U, where it's known for being a party house, like, the a wild personalities, all that stuff, the quarterback is always the center rock, and so is the middle linebacker. So, um, Shaq Quarterman and, and Jaron Williams, I love it. I, I think this makes Miami even better than I thought they were going to be. I agree with that. I'm not saying that they should have kept Tate Martell around just for the swagger because I, if he's not a good quarterback, well, he, he can't leave. He can't leave. He has until week four to transfer if he wants to. Yeah. Like I, I made this comparison on Twitter earlier though. Um, he reminds me of Blake Barnett at Alabama a few years ago. He once Jake Coker graduated after they won the national championship. Everyone said Blake Barnett's the guy. He was a highly recruited player he has all the skill set he needs. Then he lost out to Jalen Hurts, the true freshman Jalen Hurts, transferred to Arizona State. That's where I know the name from. Didn't win the starting job there and is now bumming around at University of South Florida. I think it's just we're going to see this. No, it is South Florida because I remember I was watching a South Florida-Houston game when I was drunk at a bar or something like that when I was out with my buddies. It was on the TV, and I saw Barnett. I'm like, I know that name from somewhere. But – that just shows the obscurity of the guy. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe I, maybe this is an eye opener to Martell. He can't be like, yeah, he was a five star recruit, but you actually have to put put up or shut up. Especially yep. with a guy like Manny Diaz, is a rookie head coach who's got nothing to lose and everything to gain. The guy already won the transfer portal. He got Bubba Bolden. He got all, like, KJ Osborne. All these great recruits on skill position in the front and on the defense. 
He's got good running backs. He's got DJ Dallas, who's probably going to be an ACC first team or second team preseason. You got um, Lorenzo Lingard, who was a five-star, I think a five-star recruit running back. And on top of that, you have Jeff Thomas, who's probably one of the most, he's probably the most explosive receiver, receiver I've seen come out of college since Deshaun Jackson. Because before you say Tyreek Hill or Marquise Goodwin, these guys didn't exist until they ran monster 40s in the draft. Uh, Jerry Judy. Yeah, um, I would take Jeff Thomas over Jerry Judy in a foot race any day of the week. Um, you have not seen Jeff Thomas just blast by, like, D1 corners. I mean, NFL corners, like it's nothing. The guy's a missile. He torched um, the number one ranked cornerback in last year's rookie class of Monte Maddox three times against Pitt. Problem was... Uh, Pitt. There's the yeah, problem. Monte Maddox was the best cornerback in the draft out of the rookie class last year by a pro football focus. He torched Maddox four times. Um, the problem was Malik Rozier overthrew him four times. I have one more point on Tate Martell. Go for it. I want to go on the record as saying that Tathan is a stupid name. Oh, yeah. Completely. So I think that should disqualify him from being a starting quarterback. Like Nicosi? Anyway. I have a friend named Nicosi. That's fine. Jaron? Jaron's fine. It sounds like Jared. I'm even more of a fan now. So there you go. But Tathan, really? Come on, man. Get your it's shit. just such a weird name. I've heard of, like, Golden Tate, but, like, Tate Martell, like, how hard are you trying for that one there, uh, Mom and Dad? Like, if they're, if his name was something else and he went by Tate for some reason, that'd be fine. <clears throat> Tathan. It's, it's terrible. All right. Next up, from one annoying quarterback to another, Dak Prescott asked the Dallas Cowboys for Kevin how much money a year? Um, Initial reports were $40 million a year. Jesus! All right, I, I, of course I know this. I'm faking this reaction, but when I saw that report on ESPN while I was at the gym on Sunday, I almost was crying. I was laughing. Or Monday, I was crying. I was laughing so hard. And then I saw Stephen A. Smith's reaction. It made me so happy. Oh my god! Because the Cowboys find a way to be the Cowboys, and not. And I guess this wouldn't have been a problem. The Cowboys probably would have paid him the forty. If Zeke wasn't also holding out now. And I'm just waiting for Amari Cooper to be like, hey, where's my contract? And you know what? It's so funny to me that everyone's talking about this being the new triplets and the Cowboys are going to be dangerous. And I'm like, hmm. It's not that Dallas is going to be dangerous. It's when is Dallas going to find a way to F this up? And here's the Trojan horse. Because here, this is also, I talked about this early in the year. It was just me. Kevin, it might have been you and me actually doing this episode, actually. Uh, when uh, Carson Wentz signed his contract in like the middle of April. I do remember this, actually, because I, I it was the one episode I recorded outside. Yep. And Carson Wentz, it was a Friday. It was a, me and Kevin, it was a Thursday episode. And I said to Kevin, I said, this is going to F with the Cowboys so badly. Ty Roseman just screwed Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones over. And you asked me why. I said, because now they have to pay Dak more money because Dak has more wins and his career record is better. Even though Carson's a superior quarterback in every stature, Dak just has been lucky enough not to have a shit offensive line or get cheap shotted by Mark Barron. So you, you tell me what happened. But essentially – the Cowboys are going to pay $40 million for essentially Alex Smith with a little better toughness and possibly a slightly better arm. It's, uh, I think I think Smith had a better arm. 
Oof, that's even worse. I think better mobility from Dak, though. Yeah, but, uh, okay, there was another report that came out later. Dak is not looking for $40 million a year. He's not unreasonable. He wants $35 million a year. Because Carson got 32. Yeah, also uh, Russell Wilson gets 34 a year, I think, and that's the highest. Yeah. But Dak I think guys, Dak, okay, so can I just can I just say this right now and everyone's gonna be, get on me? Any Cowboys fans? I have a lot of friends that are Cowboys fans, unfortunately. Dak Prescott is maybe the 16th best quarterback in the NFL at starting right now. I'll go down the list. Uh, Carson Wentz. Um, I'd rather have Tom Brady. I'd rather have Sam Darnold. I'd rather have Jimmy Garoppolo. I'd rather have Russell Wilson. Um, Derek Carr, I don't know, that's a toss-up. But then you go to Drew Brees, Andrew Locke, Deshaun Watson. I, uh, Marcus Mariota is a toss-up, too, I guess. Um, then you throw in, I'd rather have Kirk Cousins, and that's saying a lot for me. I'd rather have Aaron Rodgers. I'd rather have Matthew Stafford. Mitch Trubisky's a toss-up. I'd rather have Dak, actually. Would you um, rather have Andrew Luck? Yes. Oh, Oh, right, Mark's not here. You could see my <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, I just named 14 guys and three guys that were fringe. I didn't even get deep into this. I could even go even worse. I could Phillip say, Rivers. Phillip Rivers. Um, Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. Like, seriously, like, do I could keep going. Johnny Manziel. Like, I'd rather have all of them. <laughs> okay, let's not push. I'd rather have Dak and Johnny Manziel. Okay, here's my thing on this. Because with the new figure, the fact that's 35 per reports. Yes. Jerry, if you're listening to this over in Jerry World, pay this man his money. He's the because best quarterback gotta... of the NFC East. Pay him. That's – Kevin, you're fired. Uh, he's – Carson Wentz is injury prone. He's had a couple bad injuries in his career. All right, Dak Carson Wentz's more... injuries were both off. Carson Wentz's two season and the injuries were both off freak accidents. It doesn't matter because those will compound. Because one of them was an ACL injury. If he gets another freak ACL injury, then his chances. He's not Marcus Lattimore. The guy actually like didn't rush his recovery with the ACL. Like the thing was, the back was because he got speared in the back by Demarcus Lawrence on a sack. It happens. The yeah, I'm not is, saying that he. The guy had bad luck for his first, for two of his first three years. You also remember that he also was hell. He made all 16 games his rookie year. It's it was just a freak injury against the Rams that turned this into everything else. So did Andrew Luck his first three years, well, and Andrew you bash him for being injured. Luck injury. now is out with a calf injury to possibly week two. So. The, the difference is with Wentz is it was two freak injuries. And I'm not even – like, this isn't even me being Eagles fan. This is me just coming out of compound logic. The same thing – like, both hits, because I watched both hits, grimacingly and horrifying, because he's my favorite player in the league. I will fully admit that right now, because I have an authentic Carson Wentz jersey right now on my wall staring at me. It's that, unfortunately, both hits – or ended up being season-ending injuries. And also, Wentz would have been back if they ended up beating the Saints and went on to the NFC title game. Because they usually are back, they just weren't rushing him because they didn't know how long Falls was going to take him. All I'm saying is, talent-wise, 
Dak is third in the NFC East. Third? Third. What the hell do you have in front of him? Obviously I'm Carson Wentz. I'm kidding. It's Dwayne, ha- Dwayne Haskins is not third. It's, it, Dak Prescott's second. Because Haskins is like, god-awful. I didn't think it was Haskins. I didn't know if you are talking about Eli. No, because Eli is a functioning moron at this point. Oh, my God. I can't – like, Daniel Jones – like, Giants fans are going crazy about Daniel Jones making all these, like, great throws. I'm like, all right, the the, the pass in the quarter of the end zone was impressive, but the other ones were checkdowns. Like, let's be straight here. Like, the guy's not that good of a quarterback. But Carson by a country mile, then Dak, and then Dwayne Haskins, and then 50 feet of crap, and there's Daniel Jones and uh, Case Keenum and whoever the backup is for um, Dallas. But I just – Dak is has a B minus as a B B plus ceiling. I mean, yeah, Amari Cooper made him look better. Also, Amari Cooper, that dude is a monster. How many tackles he broke for long touchdowns? Yes, and that's how Troy Aikman got into the Hall of Fame. He had a great running back behind him and Michael Irvin on the outside. He wasn't that good of a quarterback. That made hey, Dak his money and watch the wins come in. I'm just saying Carson's a superior quarterback if he stays healthy. Now, it, also the thing is I, I've reiterated this a thousand times. You add the deep ball threat with Deshaun Jackson, which they missed last year. You add the running game with Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders. They're back to their offense then in 2017. That's the end of the argument there. I just think this is hilarious because I, I have even – honestly, I have a sl- slight, like, idea – the Cowboys may end up trading Zeke. It's it's a like even like I was listening to the herd today. It's a possibility. Like they would even like think about it because yes they pay uh, watch they pay Zach to thirty five. They then they wait a year and pay Amari. They pay Amari before he's afraid he's not going to get the market he wants now. He had a good half season, but teams do their homework. And a lot and a lot of those teams are going to see what I saw and that this guy ran a short route. Caught the ball, and Brashad, um, the Redskins' number two corner, who's not Brashad Breeland because he left two years ago, um, missed a lot of tackles in that Thanksgiving game. And against Philadelphia, one of his touchdown catches, Rizzo Douglas essentially caught the ball and it bounced off his hands. The guy is not – he's a opportunistic receiver. He's a good receiver, but he's not worth, like, top five money, like a guy like Odell, A.B., Julio – Hopkins, Mike, Mike Thomas would be worth, or even Mike, or Mike Evans, even if you want to go like the sixth guy. So it's 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 no brainer to me. Just you know what, Dallas, pay Dak, keep him in the NFC East because Derek Barnett owns his ass every year anyway. So uh, next up, speaking of head cases, Antonio Brown, Kevin, Mr. Big Chest, what? Mr. Big Chest. Mr. Big Chest. Mr. GTA-looking mustache he had for a while. Thank God he got rid of that because that was I'm awful. so mad. He looked like the guy you'd see who would, like, kill you from a mile away with a rocket launcher in, G- in, in Grand Theft Auto Online. I'm Why do you kidding. think I was mad about it then? I know. So, Antonio Brown had a grievance against the NFL for not allowing his, his uh, helmet he used since his rookie year. Um... The NFL, he lost the grievance to the NFL. Uh, the um, neutral court or whatever it was 
was like, yeah, no, you're an idiot. Um, and it's, the funniest thing is because, you know, if guys like Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady complained about it, but they didn't really make much of a deal. Antonio Brown's returning to play football now. He's done. He's looking forward to joining his teammates. He posted up on Twitter he's like, or Instagram. He's like, looking for a Rydell X whatever it was helmet, 2010 or better. And I'm like, all right, that was quick. Do the Raiders – are the Raiders already regretting this? Because Hard Knocks Episode 2 is tonight. I'm watching it in three hours. I'm excited as hell. What do you think, Kev? I, I think he's a head case. I think – he does – it is an issue. Him, like his locker room presence can be an issue and be distracting. But I think you have Derek Carr. He's been in the league for six years. It's not some rookie quarterback watching Antonio Brown do this. And I think his talent level, once his feet are healed and he's back to 100%, there's no way they can regret this trade, regardless of how distracting he is for the team, how outspoken he is in the media – He's too talented to be upset with this trade. It's also I, the Raiders. I just it's this whole situation is just so mad. It was like it was like it was scripted out of Hollywood. It's almost like Mark Davis went to Antonio Brown the day he signed with us. He goes, I need you to be as disruptive as possible. The teammates will know it's fake, but you need to be a nutcase to keep us in the news so we can sell tickets. That's almost how bad this is. It's like it's almost got to be fake because the grievance with the foot, the, 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 like he burns his feet with like his cryogenic chamber. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I, I can't with this, man. It's like every time I see Antonio Brown, I'm like, oh, God, what happened now? But I love it because it makes our job fun. Because Antonio Brown, you know what's so funny, though? He's probably still going to get on the field. He's still going to put up, like, 10-ish touchdowns, 1,000, 1,200 yards receiving. And he's still going to be Derek Carr's number one target besides Tyrell Williams. And so that's – I think the thing that everyone forgets is, like, the Raiders aren't going to trade him. The Raiders love this. The Raiders love that they're in the news still. The Raiders love that they're on hard knocks. So <clears throat> I really – you know what? I think at the end of the day, we're going to look back at this at like week seven and just be laughing hysterically. Oh, by the way, folks, now that Kevin's a full part of our show, he has to do picks every week along with me and Mark. And it's I'm been, bad at that. Oh, I know. So I'm going to smoke I, – I smoked Mark by almost 40 games. I'm going to smoke Kevin by at least 60. But then again, towards the end of the year, we had Mark intentionally pick the Panthers – so they'd lose every game. So Philadelphia had an easy shot at the playoffs. Because um, he was their curse. Kevin, it's time for your weird shit in sports. You ready? Yep. There was a late potential change because the Minnesota Timberwolves tweeted at Antonio Brown, you don't need a helmet to play. And I just wanted to tell you that right now. <laughs> but Magic Johnson released his top 60 TV shows. In a tweet today. 60? Top 60. What? The, it's like, I can see 25, 20, Top 10. 10. You know, just something like, five. like, you know, Magic Johnson. Like, I don't have anything to do. Well, I'll just release some TV show. And some of them are hysterical. It's not, it starts out with 21 Jump Street, yeah. but then it jumps to the three stooges, three spelled out. But then it's alphabetical order, and I'm very confused by that. <laughs> but there are three 
three kind of things that stand out on this list. Actually, four. Judge Judy. <laughs> this Judge Mathis. Okay. The People's Court. And the Oprah Winfrey Show. I'm seeing a trend here. He likes law shows. Because also Law and & Order and Law & Order SVU's on there. All right, so Kevin, quick, we got to do after we finish this up, we got to do our top five shows in no order. All right, can I, and then there's also one bad look for Magic Johnson on this list. What Magic the School Cosby bus? Show? Oh God, <laughs> come on, Magic, read the room, man, <laughs> read the room. All right, Kevin, your top uh, in honor of Mr. Johnson uh, showing off his 60 favorite shows. Me and Kevin are going to do our top five favorite TV shows in no order. Kevin, you're up. Am I doing all five right now? Yes. Oh, it's always sorry. I can do my five in order. Ah, I'll just kind of wing it. Okay, go for it. It's always sunny. All right. Um, Mash. Because I loved that show growing up. My dad loves that show too. So it's he, so oh, good. He always has it on. It's hilarious. He's like very corny. Uh, gonna have to go. This one's a new show. It's gonna get some people are gonna be like, really, Kevin? You're that kind of guy. Rick and Morty. I don't hate it. Oh, I don't. I didn't think you'd hate. It. I think some people. I love Rick and Morty. Um, then I gotta go. Maybe just Sports Center. That's a cop out. Fine, I'll take off sports. I don't know. I'm just kind of thinking this off the top of my head. I know. Oh, we kind of came up with this last minute booze. Fine. Great. I wish you told me this before the show. Law and Order SVU. Okay. And then try to think of one more. Oh, in case when my dad listens to this, I'm gonna go with the Monkeys TV show. Wow. Not really, but I couldn't think of a fifth one, so we're just going to roll with that because I watched a couple episodes with my dad before. Oh, no, Stranger okay. Things instead of the Monkees. Okay. Um, I'm putting mine together right now. So, number five, Sons of Anarchy. Even though this show broke my heart after season six, I still love it. It's still just addicting and scripting to watch. Vikings is coming up hard in this top ten, though. But number five... I got um, The League. I quote it constantly. I literally nicknamed my co- my sister's boyfriend after one of the characters. It stuck. It's a great show. I love it. Um, number four is uh, Hawaii Five-0. I've been watching the show since I, it debuted. I love the island of Hawaii. It's my dream destination. I'm actually saving up to go. I love that place so much. And uh, it's always been a good cop show. It's very funny. And me and one of my college best friends very resemble the two main characters. Um, number three is, uh, Game of Thrones. Up until the last season, I loved that show. It was so much fun. I grew up watching Lord of the Rings, so fantasy, dragons, swords, fighting. It's great. Number two is Brooklyn Nine-Nine. That show is hilarious. Also, another honorable mention is that 70s show, since I've seen it about a thousand times. It's just hilarious. And Kevin attests, I was watching on the vineyard while I was trying to pass out. Uh... We didn't share a bed. We were sleeping I'm, in the same room, and, like, I no, was on a pull-out, I had it blasting he was on, on a couch. Phone. So I'm surprised you didn't yell at me at one point across the room, hey, asshole, turn it down. I didn't care that much. Also, was I really – do you really think there was any chance I wasn't just no, dude, hitting my head to pillow and out every out? night. It was great. I was like, I don't feel bad about this now. Yeah, and, so, uh, so yeah, Brooklyn gave me a concussion. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I thought I gave you a concussion when I hit your head against a uh, pillar trying to get you to bed. My uh, dad's going to listen to this and be like, Kevin, what the hell? 
<laughs> um, number two is Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Uh, the show's hilarious. It's con- it's just good, lighthearted comedy. And it's Andy Samberg's hilarious. Number one, maybe it's because I look like one of the main characters when I was chubbier. Maybe it's because I love the whole... Bad Albert? Machismo. F off. Um, the, like, kind of like the whole, like, you know, like the humor behind it. I love the creator, Mark Wahlberg, but... Entourage is my number one show. It'll always be my number one show. I have a poster of it sitting next to my head right now on the wall. I've watched it through and through probably 12 times. Uh, I've seen the movie about five times. I just love the show. I love the humor behind it. I love the sneakers, the athletes, the movie stars. I love the culture references. I love all of it. Ari Gold and Turtle. Also, by the way, when I was chubbier, I looked a lot like Turtle. And one time I went as him for Halloween my junior year of college and somebody actually yelled, yo, turtle, across a parking lot when they were looking at me. And I was dying. I thought it was hilarious. So that's it. That's my top five. And now it's time for the last call. So let's kick that smooth jazz. Folks, the NCAA came out with the, uh, a new rule about agents and allowing players to explore the draft process and be able to come back. Great idea, right? Um, essentially, there was one catch originally only like four-year degree uh agents like you know who had the whole degree and everything else and didn't just like you know do what rich paul did and kind of get accredited after the fact um so lebron james tweeted out the rich paul rule now i am maybe not you guys all know i'm not lebron james's biggest fan lebron james when (laughs) since when since he went to the lakers and ruined my boy tried to take on my boy kobe's legacy Oh, uh, by the way, Kobe's better than LeBron. Don't prove me otherwise. Um, that essentially, might be oh, I'm gonna kick you off this show so fast. Um, essentially, Rich Paul. As much as I am not a fan of LeBron's, I love Rich Paul. I love how much of a power agent he is. I love how well he works in the media. He works to get his guys good deals. You got Tristan Thompson, a ridiculous contract. That's just, you can't even, like, it's so bad. It's so bad of a contract for the Cavs. You have to respect Rich Paul for what he did for Tristan Thompson. Because that guy has no talent besides grabbing rebounds and dunking. So, and he's one of the Oh, and cheating on Khloe Kardashian, too. But, um, yeah, pretty much, basically, this, it was, so then they went back and they changed the rule. And now you just have to be accredited. I, I like the rule. I just think that it's just a misstep. And this kind of shows the world we're changing into where, like, maybe a college degree isn't the, is not, like, a, necessi- a necessity anymore. Now, right now, me and Kevin are both trying to get new day-to-day jobs. Well, this is our, you know, dr- dream in a bottle we're trying to work on and make it better. But essentially, right now, I have a four-year degree that uh, all I am is paying my 100 and X dollar loan every month and just hoping it goes away faster than it is. And I kind of like how this is turning into like, oh, Rich Paul got accredited and now he's being an agent. And he says something today. He goes, a four-year degree doesn't make doesn't make somebody not the ability to be a con artist. And I, I completely agree. Because there are agents and managers and you hear these horror stories about athletes getting screwed over out of millions of dollars and you know what? Good that Rich Paul and all the agents who maybe do not have the four-year degree to prove it got a, got this uh, approval, and I like it. I think it's a smart move here going forward. I think it's a nice middle ground. 
I think saying they need a college degree is absurd, but also saying like you have to be accredited in some way kind of gives them a little bit more accountability. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And the thing is like, as long as there's accountability enough where these guys aren't feeling like they're signed with some scumbag out of some mini mall in like Cleveland, I think that it, it still helps with the rule. So, I, I, that's all I got. I, I just had to talk. I, I saw this story and it was just really interesting to me because I really liked, I liked the idea because it maybe you'll keep more guys in college who really shouldn't be leaving and more guys like, you know, like the Zions who actually should be going out and should be playing because, you know, they're ready to go. Or the four-year guys like Jarrett Culliver or even back in the day, you go to Paul George or Donovan Mitchell who waited a year or two and are more mature and are better developed players. And it's working more towards making college basketball better, which everyone, which I love, and making the NBA better because there's better talent coming out instead of all these underdeveloped guys that become bust. <coughs> Jabari Parker, <coughs> Andrew Wiggins, um, <coughs> Trey Burke. Um, but yeah, no, so that about wraps up today, folks. Remember, next week, big show, hour and a half or probably, it's going to be a huge thing. We're doing re- we're doing records, division standings, playoffs, everything. So NFL preview shows next week. It's the big it's the big time. Then we have college football the week after, just in time for Florida and Miami. I'm wearing my Gator boots, fat one. Hey, Kane's going hunting. But um, that wraps it up for me and Kevin. We will see you guys next week, and hopefully Mark will be back for that. This episode of The Corner Booth has been brought to you by Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Follow your host on Twitter at BellyUpJared and at Mark Riley.